The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. You come into a city, it has a spirit about it. There's, a, there's an atmosphere. Is that related to the angelic, demonic activity? Could be. But a lot of it is based on the stronghold of the region. Strongholds can be positive, they can be negative. You can build a good stronghold by the Word of God. You can build up strongholds or fortresses. A stronghold is a fortress. You can build up a stronghold of your strength in God's Word. That's not a bad stronghold. But the Bible talks about strongholds that exist among people, and the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are, are, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now that's talking about evil strongholds. When you face tough situations, do not give up. God is with you. Bad things can happen to good people, and we do not always understand why. In her new book, Overcoming in Difficult Times, Pastor Nora King brings understanding about how to overcome some of life's most difficult circumstances. Through her own experiences and biblical insight, Pastor Nora shares how to find help in troubled times through God's Word and holding tight to His promises. I just want people to be able uh, to see from the Scripture that God cares about where they are, what's going on, and He does not leave them in that predicament. To get Pastor Nora King's latest book for $12, visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. You are not alone in your struggles. God is with you and He will help you overcome. You know, the Lord spoke to me very distinctly about uh, today's message. He, he does that quite often, some more so than others. But a very clear word from the Lord today, and so I'm going to share it with you. Uh, but God, uh, title of the message, God works in atmospheres. Everybody say atmospheres. atmospheres. Now, uh, the word atmosphere, of course, you think about the atmosphere around the globe. You know, there's the, the atmosphere that you know, surrounds the earth, the air, and all the things up in the atmosphere. But there's another application for the word atmosphere that's a little more directly to what, directly suited to what we're doing. But uh, by definition, it's just strictly, strictly a textbook definition of the word atmosphere. It's the prevailing tone or mood of a place, a people, or a situation the air of a locality, the surrounding influence or environment, the intangible qualities surrounding a person, place, or thing. It's the special quality or impression associated with someone or something. It's the air they give off. It's that thing that somehow commands their space. There are atmospheres in places. There are atmospheres over cities. There are atmospheres over regions. 
There are certain conditions. And I submit to you that the atmospheres that I'm talking to you about, but I believe even sometimes when you don't necessarily draw attention to it in the direct way we will be, I think we're influenced by it and often don't even know that we are influenced by it. We come into an atmosphere. You come into a city, it has a spirit about it. There's, a, there's an atmosphere. Is that uh, related to the angelic, demonic activity? It could be. But a lot of it is based on the stronghold of the region. Strongholds can be positive. They can be negative. You can build a good stronghold by the Word of God. You can build up strongholds or fortresses. A stronghold is a fortress. You can build up a stronghold of your strength in God's word. That's not a bad stronghold. But the Bible talks about strongholds that exist among people. And the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are, are, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now that's talking about evil strongholds. Now stronghold is not something that just exists. It's not a fortress. It's not a definable, uh, you know, fort with walls and, and gates and moats and things like that, like you might see in the old medieval days. But a, a, a stronghold is it's an invisible thing. But they're real and they exist. And usually a stronghold is something that's more based in the mind of the consensus. A people, a people develop a way of thinking. And then you begin to have a prevailing stronghold, good or bad. Now, I will say this, the way that people think will determine their behavior, their way of thinking and their behavior will certainly bring into play spiritual activity. Demons respond to it. Angels respond to it. So that spirit realm is affected by it, but it starts in the minds of people. You get enough people thinking wrong, then you're going to have wrong things. You get enough people thinking right. That's the reason that the propaganda media is so uh, critical to the work of darkness. Because they want to create a mindset. Pride goeth before destruction. Do I have to define that any clearer? Well, we're into pride. Pride what? Pride about God? I don't think so. I won't go any further with that. I'll leave that where it is. But we find over here in the book of Mark chapter 6, and you see this worked out a little bit, and that's what I'm going to share with you some today. But we find in Mark chapter 6, verse number 1, And he went out from thence and came into his own country. Now this is Jesus, and his disciples follow him. So when this is happening, Jesus has already established somewhat in ministry. We know that because it says his disciples came with him. They followed him. Amen. We'll, there, there's reasons that I want to share that particular point, which will become clear as we progress through. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, 
that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand. So the reputation of Jesus had already preceded him. They knew about his mighty works. The, the word mighty works here is miracles, the, the, the healing miracles, the things that he had done. That reputation had preceded him to Nazareth where this took place. So they'd heard about him. Now remember something, guys. They didn't have the Internet. They didn't have TV and radio. They didn't have phones. They didn't have all the communication that we have. So they had to hear it word of mouth. And so when you hear it word of mouth, that's the slowest probably form of spreading a message that you can get. And so the contagion of Jesus and what he was doing was spreading out by word of mouth. People were talking about it. Amen. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joses and Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended in him. And so they'd heard about what had gone on, but then they began to somehow qualify what was going on in Jesus' life and ministry by the history that they knew about him. See, this is where he grew up. And so they're qualifying what he's doing based on what he was. And so often people are not allowed to become, follow me and I will make you. The making is the becoming. So when God begins to make somebody or begins to transition them from one thing to another in the progression of his anointing and the progression of his revelation and, and calling and anointing on their life, there are people who want to trap him and hold him into the past. And that's what they were trying to do with Jesus. It, it, we, know his, we know his family. Where'd he get this stuff? You follow? Do you follow? All right. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, in his own house or household or community. And so Jesus was talking about the things that are necessary to move forward. And so, um, and he could there, now it didn't say he would, it didn't say he would there do no mighty works. It said he could there do no mighty works. Now it's one thing for God to be willing to do something and to be hindered by circumstance. It's another thing for God to say, no, I'm not willing to do it. So he's saying, I'm willing to do it, but I cannot do it here. He could there do no mighty works. So again, the miracles and the things that he had the reputation of doing before he came. And they brought it up. They said, we hear these things about it. But he could there do no mighty works, save he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and went around, around the, about the villages teaching. So the the way you combat unbelief is to teach. That's the way you do it. That's the way he did it. But he could not do the mighty works that he did in other places for a variety of reasons. And you can see here some of the obvious ones. No miracles took place because of the environment or the atmosphere that he had come into. God works in atmospheres. Wrong atmosphere, no manifestation. Wrong atmosphere, no manifestation. 
it goes back to what we were talking about at the offering. You can close the heavens down over a people by wrong behavior, by doing the wrong thing. Well, we didn't know we were doing it. Well, ignorance is not going to change it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, so ignorance can be destructive. So ignorance will not give you a pass. Well, I didn't know. Well, there's, there's elements of God in His grace. He'll put up with I don't know for a while. But you've got to begin to start walking in the light that you have. You have to begin to start walking in the light that you have. Your receiving from God is going to be directly proportionately to walking in the light that you have. If you refuse to walk in the light that you've been given, you're not going to get much more light. When you know to do something, won't do it, don't expect new revelations. You got to go back and pick it up where you, where you walked away. Amen. It's just the way it is. So here, the obvious reasons for this atmosphere that he was walking into, you can see that it's clear in the passage. No, first thing is unbelief. He, he, he brought that up in direct, um, just a direct statement. He said he marveled because of their unbelief. And so there was no faith in the atmosphere. It was a faithless atmosphere. You think it matters? You think faith matters? Yeah, I'd say. It was a faithless atmosphere. It was also an, ad, uh, an atmosphere of unhealthy familiarity where they had, they had associated him with the memories of, of him growing up and they knew his brothers and sisters and they brought that up. And it said because of these things and because of the reputation that had preceded him, it says they were offended at him. Now offense is one of the greatest ways to not receive from God. That's what Satan does to get you offended, to get your feelings hurt, to get you somehow competitive with somebody. Now see, it's obvious here, not only was there unbelief present, not only was there the familiarity that robbed them from allowing Jesus to become what he had been called to do. See, they couldn't see him after God anointed him. You remember when he was baptized by his cousin John in the River Jordan? And when he came up, the Holy Spirit came on him in the bodily form as of a dove, and he was anointed for the work whereunto he was called. See, before he was an anointed, there were no miracles. There was no miracle at all recorded anywhere in Jesus' ministry until that happened. Not a, not a one. Jesus was born of the Spirit in Bethlehem. He was anointed or filled with the Holy Spirit at the baptism when the Holy Spirit came upon him to impart to him the equipping for the work of the ministry. Now see, they wanted to hold him before the equipping. They wanted him to be what he used to be. And they may have been jealous of the higher calling. They may have had problems with who does he think he is? 
we're just as religious as he is. Might have been more religious than him. <laughs> Wasn't religion that got him there. It was a relationship. You can be religious with no relationship. Amen. He sent his word and healed them. As the word goes out, it heals the hurting, mends the wounded, uplifts the weak, and nurtures the hungry. Through power of the word, we are taking that healing message of hope to all the world to change lives every day and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Partner with us and help change lives. Paul said that when you partner with a ministry, the grace that's on that ministry begins to be the grace that comes on you. As you're faithful, we know you will see God change your life as well. We have several ways you can give. Go to poweroftheword.com. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text the word GIVE to 1-865-978-6380. In so familiar, familiarity, they knew Jesus from a child. They couldn't allow him to become. They had too many memories. That's why he said a prophet's not without honor in his own country or around his kinfolk or the people who know him in his hometown is a problem. Amen. Then of course, jealousy of his success and his fame. And you know, if you really analyze these words and I won't spend much time talking about this, uh, but you, you look here in verse number two, <clears throat> it says, uh, they asked the question from whence hath this man, these things, now he goes on to say, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him? Now I want you to notice, and is a connecting word. One, and in addition to the one is another. That's what and is. That's what and does. Okay, things and wisdom is not the same. Somebody said the things they're talking about there is the wisdom with which he spoke. No, it wasn't either. He's talking about the stuff he brought. He had an entourage and he did have a treasure. Local boy made good. They didn't like it. Local boy had a treasure and an entourage. Well, that'll ruffle the religious feathers. Amen. But so you can analyze that and you can take it where you want to take it. But I'm, I'm just drawing a distinction here in this because we're looking at causes. How did this atmosphere get this way? That he could not do what he was sent to do in that environment. Amen. And they, they uh, failed to show honor. And he said uh, in verse four, a prophet's not without honor. So the failure to honor the anointing that was on his life stopped it from happening. You receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. Receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. You've got to honor the calling and the anointing on their life. If you're going to receive from them. Amen. So the atmosphere would not permit God's work to be accomplished in them. That could be done other places where the atmosphere was different, but it couldn't happen there. 
Now you see this over here in Matthew 4 and verse number 12. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, everybody say leaving Nazareth. Nazareth. Well, that's the place we just read about. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt. You know what dwelt is? He got him a house. He dwelt in Capernaum. And so Jesus left Nazareth and moved to Capernaum. Now evidently, however, this move to Capernaum took place before he went back there in the account we just read. So Jesus had already moved to Capernaum before that happened in Nazareth. But Jesus anticipating the atmosphere in Nazareth. He knew to do what he was called to do. You got to change atmospheres. You got to get out of that environment, get in another one. And so he moved his headquarters, what would have been in Nazareth, he moved them to Capernaum. Everybody say Capernaum. It says, which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zabulon and Nephilim. There might be full wit field, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon, the land of Nephthalim, by the, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Um, you know, we, we went to a place up there on the Sea of Galilee, and those of you that went with us last time we went to the Holy Land, we went to a place up there that was called Peter's house, big house. It's just, it's just ruins now. You know, it's just remain the, the foundation there. But now they're beginning to believe that that was probably Jesus' house. It's a big house. Well, Jesus never had a house. Well, they said he did. He said he dwelt there. What did he have? A pitch a tent? I mean, you know, have a teepee? What did he do? He had a house like everybody else would have a house. You know, he lived in a house. Everybody say Jesus had a house. Yeah, and so uh, notice where, and it says, the people sat in darkness, saw great light. So evidently there was darkness in Capernaum, and when Jesus moved there, they saw great light. To them which sat in the region, the shadow of death, light has sprung up. From Now listen, the reason that we know that he moved to Capernaum before he did ministry in Nazareth is this next verse. He said, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is now at hand. So Jesus started his ministry. He moved to Capernaum and then started to preach. But he had to get out of Nazareth before it would work. Do you understand that? He had to get out of Nazareth before it would even work. So God works in what? That wasn't a trick question. Remember the title of the message. God works in what? Don't say Capernaum. Say atmospheres. Okay. God works in what? Say it loud. Okay. So atmospheres have something to do with what God does. And so Jesus knew the conditions of Nazareth were not conducive to his calling or to his ministry. And so he had to move to Capernaum to fulfill or to even embark on what he was called to do. He had a knowing inside. Amen. Amen. It won't work here. You can't get there from here. 
Amen. And so Jesus had to have an atmosphere that would allow his ministry to take place. Now we look at this Jairus' daughter. I want us to go over here to Luke chapter 8. And we're continuing on with the theme of how God works in atmospheres. Those are the conditions that surround a person, a place, an event, something. While he was yet in uh, Luke chapter 8 verse 49, while he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue house saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Now G Jairus had already approached Jesus about his daughter. There were some events that took place. Jesus had to pick back up on what Jairus had requested. And so this is the picking back up of that event. All right. It says, but when Jesus heard it, he answered saying, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And we came into the house. He suffered no man to go in. Hmm. So he got to the house and he controlled the environment, but not allowing everybody to just rush in. It was a controlled environment, say controlled environment. Or you could say a controlled atmosphere. All right. He suffered no man to go in save Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. Now, if you understand spiritual laws, a child is under their parents. To a, to a child, they're to give honor to their father and mother, and when they're young, a parent can make decisions for them before they're able to make their own decisions. Now, after a certain amount of time, that no longer will work. A child will be forced to make their own decisions. And the parent cannot necessarily alter it. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? And so here, the agreement of the father and mother had to be intact and in place. The only thing that we know about God is what He allows us to know. He reveals Himself to us. Of course, He reveals Himself through His Word. He does reveal Himself circumstantially. There's a way that we get awestruck by the beauty here in our part of the world, the mountains and the streams and all the beauty that we find around us in nature. These are expressions of God, and these are expressions of God's love to us. But one of the things that we find about God is God is particular where he goes and where he goes with. Now he's a universal presence for sure. He's everywhere. But he only reveals himself to those who open themselves in a proper way. And so God does and chooses to only work in certain atmospheres. Jesus in his own hometown of Nazareth could there do no mighty works. He could not manifest himself in that atmosphere. To formulate an atmosphere where God can work and move, there's a number of factors in it. But I think just number one, being aware of it, is where it all begins. That God does want a certain atmosphere for Him to do what He desires to do and express Himself in the way He desires to do that. And I think just a welcoming, welcoming of Him is where it all begins. And of course, the first doorway that we must go through to welcome Him 
is through Jesus Christ. We have to receive him as our Lord and our Savior. If you've never done that, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now that opens the door, the beginning of the atmosphere in which God can work in your life. We love you. Enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Till then, God bless.